everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mondays with Mindy. Good morning, Mindy. Good morning, Christian. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Well, I am so tickled. I feel there's no better person to close out our season five with today. We're having a conversation with actor, writer, producer, and philanthropist, Rain Wilson. Born in Seattle, Washington, Rain began acting at the University of Washington and later worked extensively in theater in New York City after graduating. Best known for playing Dwight on NBC's The Office, he first showed up on television in HBO's Six Feet Under, which is when I became a fan, and most recently reoccurring as Trevor in the CBS hit Mom. Rain made his film debut in Galaxy Quest and followed that up with roles in Almost Famous, Full Frontal, Juno, Star Trek Discovery, The Meg, and most recently appeared in Blackbird alongside Kate Winslet and Susan Sarandon. His newest television project is as a series regular in Utopia, an Amazon original series with John Kustak. And actually, he is off in Atlanta filming his next, what I'm sure will be an amazing project with Brian Cranston and Annette Benning. Absolutely. Rain co-founded the website and YouTube channel Soul Pancake. The channel has over 3 million subscribers, featured on Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday. And tagline is, we make stuff that matters. In October 2016, it was purchased by Participant Media. And currently, actually, Rain has a podcast that he does with Soul Pancake and Reza Aslan called Big Ideas, Life's Big Questions, something with a milkshake. Metaphysical milkshake, perhaps? Yes, it's called Metaphysical Milkshake. Thank you, partner. Rain is also a climate change advocate and visited Greenland in 2019 with Arctic Base Camp, whose advisory board he also serves on. During his trip, he made the documentary The Idiot's Guide to Climate Change, available to stream online. I recommend it highly. Rain also co-founded with his amazing wife and my dearest darling, Holiday Reinhorn, Lide Haiti in 2013, along with Dr. Catherine Adams, who we recently lost to her battle with cancer. It's an educational initiative that uses arts and literacy to empower adolescent girls in rural Haiti. They currently work in over 13 locations, dare I say schools, and with over 500 girls providing scholarships and training and employing locals as teachers and managers. Rain lives in Southern California with his wife, Holiday, their son, Walter, Pitbull's Poe and Diamond, Guinea Pigs, and Two Pigs, Snortington and Amy, along with amazing amounts of horses and a donkey and a zonkey that I am so happy to be auntie for. (laughs) I love the menagerie. It sounds amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very excited to welcome the very funny Rain Wilson. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Both sides. Yes. And around. Around. Around around and all around. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And we have a musical accompaniment that we didn't even expect. It's just bravo, Mr. Wilson. Um, starting off with our questions. Let's see what you get. I mean, who knows what you're going to get? You may have heard it before. You're just diving right in. We're just going right into the question. I wow, mean, why I not? Right. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Um, Rain, who do you admire? Who do I admire? Yeah. Wow. There's so many people I admire. Um, you and I, Mindy, are in the mutual admiration society of my wife, Holiday, of course. <laughs> yes. Who's been a guest on our show as well. Yes, she has. And she, I truly like, I know it's like, oh, he's got a wife. He's, of course, he's got to say it. I admire (laughs) my, here, let me tell you about how much I admire my wife. Please. She has been hardcore studying Tai Chi slash Kung Fu for like six years. She has a Kung Fu sword, Christian. 
I did not know any of this. I love this. She has a Kung Fu sword and she practices these movements and she knows hours of, in karate, they're called katas, the forms that you mm-hmm. kind of do. She can do all the animals, the, the turtle and the baby dragon and the, the horse. And she does these with her sword and she's badass. Yes. And the thing I really admire about it the most is it's pretty rare for someone in their 50s to kind of undertake the study of something that's so hardcore. I mean, it's, yeah, this is really um, super challenging to do. Besides this, she rides horses and does dressage. So she's riding these 1,200 pound animals around and making them like trit trot and then go backwards (laughs) and then turn around, stop on a dime and then go right into a gallop. And, and it's all about the union between the, the horse and the rider in dressage. And, and, um, she's a badass. I admire. Can I continue though? Can I continue with someone else? Yes. But I would like to pause and just say that I was gifted enough. You know, that I abscond with your wife on my birthdays. Yes. When I can. Yeah. And she actually, my birthday Instagram picture, she let me use her sword and she put me in a pose. And that was my 55th birthday picture. That's fantastic. That's that fantastic. sword is no joke. It's no joke. No. Yes. no okay. So geez. moving on to more admiration for someone else. Yes. So I just, before this podcast, and I was just reminded of this, I really admire this professor at USC, uh, Varun Soni is his name. And he's a good friend of mine. And he's um, raised Hindu, studied Buddhism, and he is the chaplain at USC, as well as being a professor. So they have a Hindu Buddhist chaplain and he's, so he's uh, yay, kind of USC. a Yeah. Yeah. And he's brilliant dude. And so well, has a deep kind of understanding of all the religious traditions and also of the secular traditions and the atheists on campus, which are a large proportion, but he serves as kind of a counselor to them. And I tell you, Mindy, the reason I bring this up is one of the main things he has to deal with is suicide and mental health issues on campus, which as we know, especially over the last 10 years, have just skyrocketed. Yeah. And so he's constantly having to, you know, go when there's a suicide or a suicide attempt, dealing with the families and kind oh, of- my word. And using his spiritual tools from Hinduism, from Buddhism to help heal families and to help kind of try and uplift students in in a really difficult time plus you throw in covid and and everything else uh it's it's a really challenging time so he's someone else that i greatly admire wow it's so interesting because every time i hear about someone doing that kind of work i really do view them as a creative you know Mm. someone who Mm. is imparting or leaving room and allowing people to feel a feeling guide Mm. them through i don't Mm. know it's very touching it's very moving no, it's true because he's not a therapist per se. He's not a right. really a chaplain. It's kind of like he has to use various spiritual tools to help yeah. inspire people, uplift them, um, you know, help them in a grieving process. Um, so there's, there's definitely a creative aspect to that. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I want to meet him, said, okay. she said selfishly. I'll, I'll <clears throat> hook you up. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, how do you unwind or unplug? I'm going to giant sirens outside my window. Can you guys hear me? Okay. I'll continue. Yeah. No, I can still hear you. Okay. We don't hear. Um, how do I unwind or unplug? Well, you know, 
For me, um, the number one thing that I do, I'm, my wife is such a badass. She's got a katana sword and she's riding horses. I mean, she's like Mulan. She's like a <laughs> white middle-aged white woman Mulan. And I play tennis. <laughs> so, I mean, I have a daily practice of meditation that I do that's very important to me that helps me unwind and focus and whatnot. But for me, it's like one of the few things that I can do. I'm a high anxiety person have an anxiety disorder, have struggled with anxiety my entire life. And for some reason, when I play tennis, anxiety goes away. And then I have a period of bliss for hours afterwards, mm. or even a day afterwards. And there's, because I think, Mindy, that tennis requires such focus. I mean, it is, of all the sports, it, it just requires this kind of zen-like ability to witness the ball and address the ball and see it as you're hitting it. You can't look where you're hitting. You know, you can't be thinking two moves ahead. You have to just mm -hmm. see the ball and hit it. Yeah. And all of that focus, focus, focus of being in the moment, like you're never more in the moment, like than when you're playing a game of tennis, when the ball is in motion. And for me, I, that really helps uh, reduce my anxiety and I get a great rush of endorphins from it. And, and I love, I'm not very good. I'm pretty mediocre, but I love being a student of the game. You know, I love, yeah. love studying. It. Are you uh, playing with the same people over and over? Are you singling it? Are you doubling it? I played singles and doubles and I play with friends, but recently we moved out to this small town north of LA. And uh, so I joined a little tennis club. It's the first time I've ever joined a club. So I'm getting to know a, a new slew of middle-aged men and uh and play with them but i mean i think that's brilliant because the camaraderie over sport i think uh you can't beat it i think yeah. when you find it yeah. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i bet you're better than you think if you're playing as much as you are yeah you know it's all on a spectrum i'm okay yeah. i can hold I, my own i bet you're more than i have a feeling <laughs> um if you could ask anyone alive or dead anything who would it be and what's the question I guess I would ask Jesus how his dad was doing. <laughs> yes. I yeah. think that's the most brilliant answer not to be uh, judgmental. But wow, yes. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing that popped into my head. That's such a good um, first thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many. I mean, that's, God, you could go anywhere with that question, couldn't you? I know, um, right? Uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I would love to, um, to spend some time with Marlon Brando speaking of Jesus and Marlon Brando. <laughs> I think he would love that by the way. Totally. Love that comparison. He Jesus would. would. <laughs> I, I happen to have known him and I nice. trust me that he would have loved that. Wait, you met Marlon Brando? A few times. Yes. Through Cloris Leachman. Holy moly. Cloris's ex-husband, George England produced three of Marlon's movies and they remained very, very good friends throughout his life. So yes, believe it or not, I've dined with the Brando. That's amazing. What was that like? Come on. Give, give me something. the first time. I don't remember it. Cause I went deaf, dumb and blind. I just have to be <laughs> honest. I sort of didn't, I was not in my body. I disassociated almost yeah. completely for the whole evening. I mean, I don't think I came back in ever. Right. Um, so I remember meeting him and that was it. And the second he asked me a question, because, again, I think I would have not disassociated, but just been my introverted self, okay. which I really am. If there's more than three people in a room, I tend to. And he asked me a question and we proceeded to talk for about an hour about acting, which sounds so highbrow and stupid, but it really wasn't about acting schmacting. Mm -hmm. It was about what you get out of it, 
why you do it? Why do you love it? And it was, I asked him the same thing. And he said, well, it's different now. And I don't even think like that anymore. But yeah, he was very much a philosopher mm. and talked very lofty about the most benign things as well. He just talked in yeah. like uh, that. In the stratosphere. Mandy, when I, uh, <laughs> when I'm acting, I, tr- I transform, you know, as a, I get a, just on a whole other level, you know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm even going to do it anymore. Uh, I don't that's Wait, I really turned into scary. Trump a little bit. I turned That's into Trump. True. A little I, bit I was just going to say it's weird, but <laughs> it I liked it. <laughs> I liked it, it a lot. Yes. Brando, Trump. Oh my yeah. God. That's amazing. Trump-o. But I, when I asked him, you know, did he ever fall in love with his co-stars or did he get on with his co-stars? And he said, I don't have one story about one co-star because I was never there. I was never present. It was just, wow. I was in. Yeah. So he had no, he says, I have none of that. Hmm. Wow. I know. It was fascinating. We'll tell us more about it when we see each other. Speaking of Brando and Jesus, I read his autobiography (laughs) and there was a woman that was a kind of a stalker that was showing up every night when he was doing streetcar. And she thought he was the return of Christ. And she would kind of wait in the hallway and be like, oh, my God, you're the return of Christ. And and so what did he do? What would you do? You have there. So he took her back. (laughs) So she (laughs) she had with Brando Jesus. And she was obviously mentally, <laughs> tremendously mentally it's a, imbalanced. It's so also, it's a whole nother description of the second coming, apparently. Okay. Oh, oh, she said it. I went there. Sorry. Nice. I love it. Oh my God. I've never heard that story. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah. On a lot of levels. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's more about him though, to be honest, which is not great. No, it's not great, but it's a, um, it's a really interesting read. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to pick that up. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, chocolate. You have one? Yeah, sure. Chocolate. Every night I have to have some chocolate and I can't give it up. And so I gave up smoking. I gave up drinking. I gave up pretty much everything, but I, I need to have like an ounce of chocolate at night. So yeah. yeah. Harmless. I, I say, yeah, I do. I think that's very harmless. I'm judging every answer. Apparently yeah. this is okay. where I am today. I'm sorry. I apologize <laughs> in advance. Uh, what scares you? You know, I tell you something, I was, a friend of mine right now is dying of cancer. And um, sorry, thank you. It's been a really rough, I mean, he's, he's lived way longer than the doctors prognosticated. And mm-hmm. he's in a lot of ways has done and was doing really, really well. It's been very sad and, and challenging, but, uh, you know, I've been able to be his friend throughout it and every week go, you know, walk on the beach with him or visit. And, but that has gotten me thinking a lot more about my mortality and my father passed away a year ago mm-hmm. and that as well. And then even last night, Holiday and I were watching a documentary and there was this guy on it and he was kind of this grizzled guy and he was like, well, I'm 65, you know, I'm almost dead. And, you know, you really should be talking to the young people about this, whatever they were talking about. And I was like, wait, 65, almost dead. Like, I'm 55. I'm 10 years away from 65. I really definitely had like a flashes of like my own mortality flashing in front of my eyes. And I was like, oh, goodness. Yes, I am in this. I'm getting close to the final chapter here. I've never been afraid of death before, but I've been having some some flashes mm-hmm. of, ooh, this is uh, we're getting towards the end of the novel right now. 
I feel hmm. like we're only halfway through your novel, maybe halfway through. You're very kind, Christian. That could be, it could be that I lived to 110. Um, yes. It's so interesting. You said I too turned 55 this year and I have to say it wasn't the number or the, you know, my philosophy still, it could change, but the best is yet to come for me. So I very optimistic in that regard. Having said that, there is something about, oh my gosh, I'm no longer middle-aged. I mean, truly. Mm. <laughs> it is sort of the other side. I don't feel close to death, but I mean, it is yeah. very weird. Do you want to go to an AARP meeting with me, Mindy? <laughs> when I got my card, literally, I felt the hair grow out of my chin. I mean, <laughs> it was so disturbing for some reason to be a member. No, yes. is the oh. answer. We never um, thought we would achieve. And that. I have to say, and I don't usually uh, speak this out of turn on the podcast, but you live and a very incredible life. And what I mean by that is I admire you so much in the life that you've created for yourself in that mm. there is love around you and humility and beauty and animals and music and all of these things that I've been told my whole life and I experience on smaller levels that are additive. Mm. And you live and breathe it kind of, if not every day, often. And so I always think someone like that, whatever you're, as the Jews would say, surus, you've got going on between your ears, that pulling back, it's quite fabulous, a life lived, if you are touching all of those bases. So I don't know, you are one of those people to me when I think about admirable lives, that whatever your hardships and your struggles and your anxieties, I don't know, you are one of those people to me, Rain. I have to say you and Holiday oh, both. You're very kind. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Yeah, it's the truth. Um, so having said that, what's shaking on the acting tree? What's this sort of like in work, not in work, work life been like for you as far as the trajectory goes, if not like all current, I mean, just in general? Well, you know, it's talk um, about the creative process. Yeah, it's, you know, I am the luckiest guy on the planet. I get to make a living from doing creative projects. And wow, I never could have imagined that being this nerdy, gawky, pimply kid from suburban Seattle that, that I would end up, you know, making a living in this way. It's certainly fraught with challenges. Um, we were just discussing this movie that I had been cast in. It was a big movie. And then due to the funding of the film and the new producers that came on, I wasn't a big enough name and I was let go. And that, yeah. that goes with the territory. Yes. And, but it's disappointing nonetheless. Uh, Holiday yeah. always describes show business as a ham sandwich in a club. Like you get something great and it's like, here, have a ham sandwich. And you reach for the ham sandwich and then bam, you're hit with a club. Like, <laughs> no, here's a club. So it's a constant duet of like ham sandwich and a club and not a club sandwich, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, so acting wise, you know, it's a challenge because I'm known so much as Dwight that can be limiting. And a lot of people I know, producer, director types kind of struggle with that. Yes. Oh, that's the guy who played Dwight. Uh, no, pass. Yeah. And I know, Mindy, you, you know, you and I are cut from the same oh. cloth in that way. I've known for Name a really memorable. Tune. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's for me, it's a, and I'm so grateful for Dwight and I'm grateful for the role and what it's brought me. And I bought a house and, you know, and it's opened a lot of doors for me, but it's this kind of long process of me doing some indie films here and some TV here and opening people's eyes. I had two films come out last year. One was Blackbird with Kate yes. Winslet. And, and I love that one, film. 
Oh, cool. Thanks. And I loved you in it. Oh, thank you. And uh, another one is Don't Tell a Soul, which is a nifty mm-hmm. little thriller that I did and with Finn Whitehead and, and Jack Dylan Grazier and Mina Tavari. And that was cool. And I'm going to go do a, a supporting role in a new movie with Brian Cranston and Annette Benning this summer. So, I, you know, I do those kind of things. Yep. And then I'm trying to generate projects on my own. I have a couple of podcasts yes. that I'm doing. One was a fictional comedic podcast called Dark Air with Terry Carnation and another one, Metaphysical Milkshake, which is a you know conversation podcast about life's big questions. But I'm also you know generating scripts and trying to get projects going on my own, stuff like that. Yeah. You'll have to tell Brian Cranston hi. Okay. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He is a mensch. He is a mensch. He truly is. And, and I, we have known each other almost 40 years. What? And he is consistently the same warm, generous, loving human being. It's oh, quite astounding. That's amazing. You got to get him yeah. on Mondays with Mindy. Yeah. Yeah. He's been asked. He oh. is soon to follow. Yes. All right. I'll twist yes, his yes. arm a little bit. Yes. Yes. No, we'll do it. His schedule is ridiculous. Yes. But yes, we will. Thank you for that. Um, tell me about this new podcast that you're doing with in conjunction with Soul Pancake. Is it in conjunction with it? Yeah. Or? Yeah. 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 I want to say it correctly. Soul Pancake is a digital media company that I co-created about yes. 12 years ago. And they're producing this podcast called Metaphysical Milkshake. And I do it with a co-host, Reza Aslan, who is a very well-known New York Times bestselling author yep. and host and roustabout and provocateur and intellectual and producer, TV producer. And he's terrific. And we dig into life's big questions and life's biggest possible topics with some really interesting guests and it's like about, what, you know, in these, what, give me an idea. What a big idea. Like what? What are a couple of the topics? Sure. Like Adam Grant, who's a best-selling author. We did a topic with him about like, you know, how do you change someone's mind? You know, mm. can our minds be changed? We did Love that. Uh, with Krista Tippett, host of the podcast On Being. Um, we did What is Wisdom? And it was all about because as a podcast host of a spirituality podcast, she's interviewed so many great uh, thinkers and learned people kind of glean from her, like, what is wisdom? How do we get wise? Do we have to suffer to get wise? Mm. The one that was just released today is with Mike Schur, uh, the creator uh-huh. of The Good Place and Parks yes. and Recreation. And it's about how do we be good? You know, it's a very complicated world. You know, I, I bought this T-shirt I'm wearing but I don't know if it was made for 57 cents by, you know, a 12 year old Vietnamese girl in a sweatshop. You know, how do we, it's such a complicated world to try and be good in. So these are some of the kind of the kinds of guests we had Malcolm Gladwell on and some of the kind of topics we try and get into, but it's really, we hope it is, is that it's a unifying conversation because whether you're a Democrat or Republican or right or left or red state or blue state, like life's biggest questions are what unite us. You know, we're, we've been talking about this stuff since the dawn of time, you know, uh, since humans lived in caves and we had shamans. It's about, you know, philosophy, spirituality, psychology, sociology. So yeah. it's been really well, fun. It sounds amazing. And it's my most favorite thing because I go deep. So, um, and those are my favorite topics. And I've always said, I was complimented at a very young age. Oh, you're such a fun dinner companion. Like, and because I would ask, <laughs> Questions like that, because right. I think it's the best way to get to know somebody, right? Right. 
and and people aren't really used to being asked about how they feel about certain things like that. Oh, I just, I'm fascinated, Rain. I'm we're, we are definitely cut from the same cloth, Mindy, because (laughs) I was the kid, even in high school, kind of like at a party, like to a girl at a party, like, so what do you think happens when we die? You know? And, (laughs) and she would like look and say, uh, excuse me, I, I I need to go into the kitchen and meet a friend and (laughs) they'd be gone. But I would always just kind of blurt the biggest kind of most uh, inappropriate questions. And I I wasn't very good at talking about the weather. Well, I still do. And ditto. And it's so funny because not more than once I've been told, God, we just thought you were going to be kind of light, bubbly and funny. And I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, thank you. I mean, I am also, but, you know, the expectation was blown uh, apparently by what I wanted to talk about. Oh, well. Right. right. Yeah. Oops. Um, And so can we find us on all platforms? When is. Yeah. Metaphysical milkshake, wherever you get your fine podcasts. Thank you. Link. I'll put a link in the show notes for for our viewers and listeners. Thank you. I'm all about it. Um, We've talked about this before, but I wanted to ask you again about whether growing up where you grew up and how you grew up created or added to your aesthetic or what you see as your creative process or how you view things. Or did you absolutely go opposite Mm -mm. of that? That's a great question. I am definitely a product of my environment. And that was suburban Seattle in the 70s and early 80s and uh, a very awkward family that had a lot of dysfunction in it. And, you know, basically my parents were in a loveless marriage and, you know, this is a very peculiar kind of torture for a kid. We would eat dinner together and we'd watch TV shows together and we would walk the dog together and there was a garden in the backyard and it all, by all looks and appearances, it was very normal, but it was a very strange Petri dish to grow up in because, Mm -hmm. and I asked them this, my parents, before my father passed like you know when did you know that you didn't love my mom and he was like within a year we got married and then I asked my mom this was actually my stepmom when did you know and and she said the same thing within a year and yet they were married for 15 years and the second I went off to college they got a divorce like literally like went off to college called in like October hey should I come back for Thanksgiving what are we gonna do like we're getting a divorce okay um (laughs) wow Wow. So it really was for not you, you, but for the children, that kind of yeah. old fashioned idea. Yeah. Which I is a terrible idea. It would have been so much better for them to just go be happy and to have two divorced, very happy, inspired, fulfilled parents instead of kind of miserable ones. But the other aspect is that my dad wanted to be an artist and he was mm-hmm. uh, kind of, a, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, a failed artist. He didn't he painted and he wasn't able to sell his paintings and he wrote books and he, other than one little uh, science fiction book, he wasn't really able to sell those. And so for me, I kind of saw what it would take for me to be an artist. I was like, oh, I don't want to go down my father's path. So if I'm going to do this acting thing, I'm going to go whole hog. I'm going to go to New York City. I'm going to try and get the best education I can. I'm going to, you know, network. I'm going to, you know, really, really work at it with everything that I have in order to make it. And, and that really was in a reaction to my father and his grief around never moving forward as an artist. Yeah. I mean, do you see, I can't imagine you not creating for the rest of your human existence. Uh, Would I be correct in that? Are you one of those lifers? I just feel. Yeah. And I, I always have, you know, I'm, 
creative dude. And I always, Very. I was always making art in some ways, drawing, painting. Now I just got a kiln. I want to do ceramics. I have a bassoon so, here. You, you understand I will become a barnacle on that barn because I, yeah. that's my jam. I'm so excited you guys did it. Now, are you, do you have knowledge of ceramics? Yes. Are you good at it? Will you teach, I, well, will you teach me? Because I, okay. I don't know how to do it. I mean, I have skills. But, okay. And, and I know what I'm doing, but whenever someone says teach, I get flop sweat. So maybe that was the. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we can surely throw and glaze. I've got really good knowledge of glazes. Um, wow. So I got a little I bit. I won't say glazes. expertise, yeah. but we'll have some fun down there for sure. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great to hear. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm always, you know, writing, yeah. playing music. I'm working on a book right now on spirituality and also working on a couple of screenplays. And, and I, like I said, do you want to get behind the camera too, Rain? Do you have aspirations to direct what you write or? Yes. I would love to direct more. I, I love acting, but it loses a little bit of its luster, I think. And yeah, I would love to be involved in other ways, writing, producing, directing. Stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I'm trying to nudge in that direction as well. I saw you put your hands on the most ridiculous and sublime instrument. Yes, it's right here. For those watching on the YouTubes, instead of listening, I have a bassoon <sighs> in my hand. And no, that's, that's not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, not by any shot. And it's so serious in such a distinct Rain Wilson way. <laughs> It is. Yeah. I played a bassoon in high school, you know, at my nerd crucifix. That is not nerdy, kiddo. <laughs> I got news for you. That is just the coolest. You're the literally the only person <laughs> who feels that way about a bassoonist. I can't imagine. Now, granted, maybe when you picked it up in high school. Okay, I get it. But just from where I sit, that is just that, that you went to that instrument and went, yes, it's fantastic. I got conned into the instrument. I wanted to play the saxophone, but my junior high music teacher was like, oh, we got too many saxophone players. And then he's like, you're going to play. I got an idea for you. The bassoon. It's the most awesome instrument. You know, he, he didn't say it, but he's like, you're going to get all the, the girls to like you if you play the bassoon. He didn't actually say that, but he kind of hinted at it. It's like so cool. It's right. unique. It's cool looking. It sounds amazing. What do you think? I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> And, um, but I love it. I really do. But it's really difficult. I mean, that is yes. not an easy instrument by any stretch, correct? Yes, that is true. It is very, it's very challenging. It's very yeah. challenging. Yeah. yeah. Again. Do you enjoy that aspect of that, that it's difficult to play and it makes it kind of unique or what, it, what kind of draws you to it still? I mean, obviously the ladies. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's true. I really, I'm not very good at it. Um, I was taking some lessons in the pandemic, but I, I really, uh, th those fell off, but I need to get back. And I just love the sound of it. I mean, it, it really is a haunting. Yes. It's a haunting, beautiful sound. And uh, I just enjoy making that the sound that the instrument makes. Even if I'm not very good, I just kind of do, you know, I have like a right here. Here's my bassoon book. In case you're wondering. Yeah. Wise and born bassoon manual. But I also just kind of free form, improvise <laughs> my kind of mystical doodlings on it. Yeah. Why not? Okay. So you know what? You seriously opened the door and I can't help it. I have two questions for you to close our episode. One All is right. Rain Wilson. Are you wise? Wow. That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. 
I don't know that wise is something attainable. I think it's not like you reach a mountaintop and there's like you're wise, like a guru sitting on a mountain. I think it's a it's a journey. But I tell you, I'm a hell of a lot wiser now than I was 10 years ago. <laughs> and I'm a hella, hella, hella lot wiser <laughs> than I was 20 years ago. So I'm Brother. headed in the right direction, at least. And that's all we can ask for. Yes. Good answer. I concur. Also, so um, are you a good person? That's a great question too. Am I a good person? So you're you're tar- you're turning some of my life's big questions uh, from well, a I metaphysical just, milkshake. It's so fascinating to me because I, knowing you as very little as I do, honest, you know, truth mm-hmm. be told. Yeah. Uh, someone with the who walks through the world the way that you do that I've been a little witness to. I find to be very wise because you have humility and you're teachable and you're curious. I find that to be the most interesting and fascinating and wise people, person, people that do that. And secondly, you always are in search of and questing to be better or get good or try. And I think that defines a good person. So that's why I think those two. That's very nice. I will say that in terms of being a good person, I try and do the next right good thing in my life. And sometimes that works out. I have a lot of character defects that are, you know, I can be selfish, impatient, judgmental, and narcissistic, and self-involved. And so it's a that's a daily kind of struggle is not the right word, but it's this daily dance between. Yeah. I don't want it's too limiting to say dark side and light side, but yeah, to kind of like restrain those. <laughs> elements. And, um, you know, that analogy of the good, in fact, there's a podcast, the good wolf and the bad wolf, you know, this yes. analogy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know the little story. There's a little yeah. fable. fable. Christian shaking his head. So there's a native American fable apparently where the grandfather's talking to his grandson and the grandfather says, you know, we have two wolves inside of us. We have a good wolf and a bad wolf and they're in a constant battle. And <laughs> the, the grandson says, well, which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, well, whichever wolf you feed. So you mm. try and feed the good wolf. And that's what I'm doing in suburban yeah. Los Angeles. I'm trying to feed the good wolf over here. My I'm God. not always successful. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like out here, the fact that you're aware already opens up so many doors to improvement of your yeah. oneself because so many people, particularly in LA, just aren't even aware that those parts of themselves exist, you know? Yeah. That's true. I declare you a rock star, Ray Nelson. Oh. Bassoon uh, rock truly. star. Yeah. Truly. Thank you. Kind, sir. I so appreciate you being on our episode. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, ladies thank and gentlemen. Thank you. Once again, thank you for saying yes. Rain Wilson, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. Yay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure and an honor. I really appreciate it. So much fun. This episode of Mondays with Mindy is brought to you in part by our sponsors. When by Chaz Dean and the Cocktail Party. Love, Mary. Chaz Dean redefined the industry with his innovative line of WEN cleansing conditioners, creating an entirely new way to care for your hair. Today, WEN encompasses a full array of cruelty-free hair and skincare products for every hair and skin type. Visit chazdean.com or mondayswithmini.com and start focusing on you while they take care of the rest. Tired of cooking? Love fancy hors d'oeuvres but don't have any idea how to prepare? Look no further. The cocktail party Love Mary is here. For 15 years, New York's caterer to the stars and our pal Mary Giuliani has served her deliciously whimsical hors d'oeuvres to the best names in art, fashion, and entertainment. Now she's put them all in an adorable little box to send from her heart to your home. As Mary says, all you have to do is turn on your oven, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy more time with your guests. 
She'll take care of the rest. Go to MaryGiuliani.com or MondaysWithMindy.com for more information and to order yours today.